Turn with me to, uh, we're wearing the red shirts uh, to remind folks uh, that not only is God calling you to uh, fulfill the commandment of feeding um, those who are hungry uh, the way we do it here, not just at the food pantry, but also with Rise Against Hunger every year, involves buying the ingredients and then coming and doing the work. And so uh, we want you to do both. Uh, we want, we're, we're just, we're really ASCII. Uh, we want you to do both. And so continue to give money um, and, uh, and, and we want to f- feed a lot of folks with it, but also sign up for it. And if you sign up ahead of time, then it saves the line, saves you from having to be in the line when you get here. So the red shirt is, says all of that right there, you know, rise against hunger and, and, uh, and that's good stuff. Turn with me in the, in the, in the Bible to, uh, Luke chapter 10, as we continue this, uh, this deep study into Jesus affirming people when they give the good answers. And, uh, and we're people that want the good answers because life is throwing so many questions at us, so many tests, so many challenges, and, uh, and we're seeking the good answers, and we believe that Jesus not only has the good answers, but he, he'll, he'll, he'll call out the good answers when he sees them, because he's generous in spirit that way. So we find ourselves in Luke chapter 10, and, uh, and we'll actually pick up a couple of verses before our story, and it starts in chap- uh, verse 23 and 24. It's always, it's always good that when like, Jesus turns to the disciples privately, that, uh, that we should listen to that, because he's really he's talking to us. It says... Um, happy are the eyes that see what you see. I assure you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see and hear what you hear, but they didn't. So, so, so Jesus is saying the world would look at hierarchy this way, prophets and kings and the rest of us down here and he says but but god's economy doesn't doesn't work exclusively like that and that sometimes the people down here are the ones that are receiving the blessings and and the ones that that were up here it just gets all flipped upside down but it hinges on seeing and hearing and then and then the commentary suggests that, that what he offers us are two stories. I'm going to read one of them today and the next one next week. Two stories back to back that are commentaries on seeing and hearing and, and how we are blessed. So I invite you to turn uh, in the, to the ne- very next verse where we hear Jesus tested by a legal expert, which is an, a religious authority. Some, um, some people use the word lawyer. Um, it, uh, it, it, nothing like our, our, our modern day lawyer um, kind, of, kind of occupation. Um, these were experts in the religious law that went around not uh, rarely ever defending anyone. They were really usually trying to just uh, a- a- attack people with their knowledge. It says here, uh, verse 25, a legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to gain eternal life? What must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? So Jesus, in fine Jewish rabbinic tradition, answers a question with a question. That's what, that's what he just did here. He answers a question with a question. It says in verse 27, the lawyer responded, quoting Deuteronomy 5 and, and, and Luke 
excuse me, Leviticus 19. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. This is the word of God for we the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Here, here let, me, let me offer this just as a little, a little background and a context to appreciate the, uh, the, the, the ways that the Gospels, <clears throat> which is a, a fancy Greek word for good news, these, that these good news stories are, they tell the same story, but then the stories themselves are slightly different, in, is that Luke here has the lawyer quoting Deuteronomy 5 excuse me, Deuteronomy 6 and and Leviticus 19. Luke has the lawyer saying it, but when Mark tells the story, it's Jesus that says it, and it's called the first commandment. And when Matthew tells the story, it's Jesus who says it, and it's the greatest commandment. It's, 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 It's interesting. Jesus is saying it, but here, Jesus has the lawyer to say it. This is probably because it was already an established answer to a very popular question. What must I do to inherit eternal life would have been a question that religious uppity-ups would walk around and ask each other. What do you think is the greatest commandment? What do you think is the essence of eternal life? What do you think is the bar that we must jump over? I mean, what, you know, that's the question. And apparently, one of the standard press play answers was, oh, well, you go to Deuteronomy 6, and you go to Leviticus 19, and there's your answer. And so when Jesus turned the question back on him, the guy said, well, press play, and he did. And Jesus said, good job. Good, good job. You, you got it right. And this story should be over. I mean, in fact, Connor, you guys have time for five or six more songs. Let's go, man. I mean, the story should be over because, because in fact, think about it this way. In, in modern, through the modern lens, you have opposing sides, each asking each other a question, right? Each asking each other a question, and each answering each other with an answer. And in the end, the one who we would say is the the, the, the example, the, you know, like the perfect one, the perfect one says to the other one, good job. I agree with you. Like, how rare is that? This is an amazing, miraculous story. This is like a, a healing event that, that they get along and their disagreements. And Jesus is like, no, we, we see eye to eye. But, but, but the religious expert won't leave enough alone so he wants to press on but before before we get to that i want to i want to spend just one second talking about talking about how it's structured how it's structured do you have that you have that slide yeah 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 so this is super simple but what we just read went like this lawyer ask a question jesus ask a question lawyer answers jesus answers and again they agreed they agreed What's, what's fascinating is, is that in the next section, because the lawyer li- won't leave it enough alone, in the next section, it's almost exactly like this. Bef- there it is, there it is, there it is. It's like, it's, like we, it's like we sang one verse of the song, and Jesus is like, good, we're good here. And the Lord's like, no, I want to sing one more verse because I think I'm better at you than s- at singing than, than, than you are, and, and, and I want to sing one more verse. And so, 
fascinating. It's exactly the same, except Jesus inserts like a bridge, you know, to like use a musical term. It's like, it's, you know, it's like, you know, chorus, chorus, there's a bridge in between, and Jesus tells a story, but it's exactly the same. But, but I do want to say this. The lawyer wants to see the world through knowing, and Jesus wants him to change his perspective. Having right answers does not mean that one knows God. Jesus did not say to the lawyer, great answer, you are my best pupil ever. Jesus said, great answer, go and do it. I don't know how many, I don't know how many folks we have in, in, in the range of, of, of my age. Um, I, I grew up uh, elementary school and middle school all in the, like in the, in the 80s. And, uh, and in addition to, we talked last week about, you know, like Perry Mason and all those great old TV shows. But every afternoon on uh, WTBS Channel 17, the Superstation, they also had one of the great shows of all time. It was, a, it was a show about a great American hero called G.I. Joe. <clears throat> it was a cartoon that also you could buy the little characters, right? And I'm, I'll admit that I watched the cartoon and we had the characters. We had the little toy things. And so my brother and I would play up, uh, grow up playing this. But, but on the show every day, they would tell a story where, where the good guys would beat the bad guys and amazingly no one ever died. It was, it was beautiful. Um, <clears throat> but, then, but then right at the end of the show, for about... about 30 or 45 seconds, they would teach something. They would teach some principle about like safety or like civics or like a character. They would teach something. And at the end of it, they would say this. And some of you know, like four of you know this, okay? <clears throat> they would say, um, and now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. And it was great. It was really great. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Now you know. Jesus is saying, now look, look, look. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. But what? But doing is the other half. And if, and if, all, you, and if all you can contribute is knowledge without doing, that's not enough. That's not enough. So we, 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 we turn on. This lawyer says, it's, 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 uh, I, I, wanna, I still want to get him. It says, verse 29, the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right in his knowledge. So he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Trying to, trying to flesh out the finer points of that, of that, uh, of that Old Testament commandment. And Jesus inserts a story. You've heard this story before. A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now it just so happened that a priest was also going down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot, saw the injured man, and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. A Samaritan, who was on a journey, came to where the man was. But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took 
two full days worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, take care of him. And when I return, I will pay you back for any additional cost. What do you think? And this is Jesus' story now over, asking his question, following this, this pattern. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? This is, this is Jesus at his very best. The, 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 the legal expert asked, uh, right, who is my neighbor? Which is, which is another way of saying, when I encounter people in need, give me, you smarty pants, this is the lawyer talking to Jesus, give me smarty pants, give me the test, give me the measuring stick, give me the, give me the litmus piece of paper so that when I touch the person in need, if it turns a certain color, I'll know, okay, that person's my neighbor and I must care for them to fulfill the commandment. Or if, 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 if they don't measure up and, they're, and, they, and they don't pass the test, then I can move them out of my life and I don't have to care for them. This is, this is what he's asking. Who is my neighbor is defined by, by the person over here, right, and their need. If they, if they measure up or don't measure up, then I, then I can either respond one way or the other. Who is my neighbor? Because, because hear, hear me out, hear me out. Because the lawyer is viewing eternal life and the stuff of heaven and, and religious practice and faith itself from the, from, from the stance of what is the bare minimum that I must do to get the grade I want to get. Now there's not a single parent in here that heard me say those words and didn't have their heart start to beat a little faster. Because that's what we hear from, from our former selves. That's here we hear from the, the people who live underneath us. That's, that's what it means to grow up into maturity and to realize that no longer is it about what's the bare minimum of what I must do. But, it, but instead, there's so much more to life than just getting by. And the lawyer's like, no, I want to ask the question that allows me to know what's the bare minimum, what's, what's the least I have to do in order to inherit eternal life. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let me tell you a story that flips it all around. Jesus responds back. Who do you think? What, what do you think? Which one of these was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? And then the legal expert replied, which is it's one of the, it's one of the it, just, it, it, it makes me frustrated by the way he even responded. The one who demonstrated mercy toward him. And what, what I'm frustrated about it is he doesn't even have the, the integrity to say the word. He, he can't even say it. He can't even say. So instead he gives this roundabout answer. Every one of us know. Who, who, who was the one that was a neighbor to the man who had needs? Everybody say it. He can't even do it. And yet, Jesus told him, 
go and do likewise. For as memorable as the story is, the questions and the answers are really most important. The lawyer knew the answers to his own questions, and in both cases, Jesus expressed full agreement. But there's something missing. I like the way, I like the way this guy, Keith Nick, Nickel, writes about it. The parable illustrates that doing in order to inherit eternal life, which is what, how it all started, is misdirected religious energy. The Samaritan's behavior, which the lawyer acknowledges, I mean, he even says, without saying his name, yeah, that one got it right. The Samaritan's behavior is that one who knows himself to have already been named an inheritor of eternal life and as such loves God and neighbor is not to get it, but to celebrate it. See, because the lawyer is fixated on what must I do? What must I do? Because I know enough already. Jesus says, go and do likewise. But Jesus' answer of doing is really about being. Hear me, hear me. It's not when I see need and it fits the right category, I'm going to go and do what I need to do towards my neighbor. That's not the commandment. It's not about doing, it's about being a neighbor. And being a neighbor means that there is stuff to be done. God has already done what's needed for eternal life. Through Jesus Christ and the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. God has already done it. Jesus, Jesus preaches that eternal life is about believing in who you already are. Not about having to do anything to measure up. Not about having to do anything to live into it. Not about having to do anything to pass the bar. It's not about doing. It's about being. Instead of running around going, what can I do to solve needs? Let us be neighbors. The church is called to be filled with Christians who are the children of God. Who, 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 who are God's beloved. And then the doing just follows after that. But like a teenager entering high school, our bare minimum mindset is completely backwards. What's the least I can do? What, 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 what can I do here in the church box? Check. So that I can then go and do whatever I want. I don't know if y'all perceived it or were aware of it. or You probably left out of here and said, 
for a couple of different months. There he goes again, preaching the exact same sermon over and over again. But I did for a couple of months earlier this year, just, just really, just a couple months back, I preached, I preached sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, and every single one of them, God was clearly, clearly just trying to hit me over the head. Every single one of them came back to one truth, and that truth was submission. And I read this story and it it appears again. The, The guy's like, hey, give me a new answer. And Jesus says, stop looking for new answers. The right answer is submit to God and submit to each other. That's the great commandment. Submission isn't about doing. It's about being. Let's pray. Gracious God, that we would get past knowledge as enough. That we would get past activity and busyness and doing as what is required. And that every single person in this room would believe the truth of the gospel. That you, God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of your Holy Spirit have already done everything that's needed for eternal life forever and right now. Lord, I just, I just pray that, that we would not fall victims of the lie perpetrated by the world that tells us we must do and do and do. When your son Jesus just calls us to be. Help us to be neighbors. Help us to be your beloved. Free us. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.